And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden from 1949. Then we'll hear Milton Berle, not in a comedy performance, but that of a dramatic one on a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense from 1950. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Have you been enjoying our Miss Brooks? We started listening to Well, it. I'm still here. You like Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks. I sure do. I, I always like a good comedy. I know a lot of our listeners appreciate the comedy, so here it is. All right. Well, last time we began listening to an August 21st, 1949 episode called The Anniversary at Crystal Lake. Eve Arden stars. Here's part two of Our Miss Brooks. Well, Saturday morning found the Conklins on the porch of their cottage at Crystal Lake. Let's look in on them as Mr. Conklin sways gently to and fro in the porch hammock. Ah, this is the life, Martha. I'm certainly glad we surprised each other with this little trip. I knew you'd enjoy yourself here, Oscar. Uh, It'll be wonderful to get away from the school for a few days. Not that I don't enjoy working with my teachers. They're a grand group of people. Cooperative, capable... But it'll be such a relief not to have to look at their long faces for a while. Just relax, dear, and smoke your pipe. I have a little dusting to do. I think I'll take a nap. This hammock's very restful. Uh, Before you go, how about a little anniversary kiss, eh? But Osgood, it's only one o'clock in the afternoon. We weren't married till three. (laughs) That's all right. Let's have a little preview. Good. I declare I don't know what comes over you when we come up here. It must be the mountain air. Must be. <laughs> come here, baby. Stop it. <laughs> now, dear, you just drop off to sleep, and I'll wake you up in about an hour. Uh, fine, fine. <sighs> Get your bag out of the trunk. Don't forget the little bag and bag. Mm-hmm. There we are. I guess it's right up these porch steps, huh? Yoo-hoo! Anybody home? Yeah? What is it? Who in the world are you... Miss Brooks. <laughs> Mr. Boynton. What are you doing here? That's what I like about Crystal Lake, the hospitality. <laughs> oh, oh, it's you, Miss Brooks, and Mr. Boynton. I'm so glad you could come. Martha, did you have an... Of course, dear. I asked Miss Brooks and Mr. Boynton to spend the weekend with us. That's one surprise I didn't tell you. Aren't you, Tickle? (laughs) Yes. 
act like you're tickled, Oscar. Osgood, dear, you, you certainly don't look tickled. Some people tickle easier than others. <laughs> uh, maybe Mr. Conklin would rather be alone. Oh, nonsense, Mr. Boynton. Osgood's good and I see as much of each other alone as we want to. We're already married, you know. <laughs> yes, I know. Congratulations on your anniversary. Oh, thank you, Mr. Boynton. I always say married life is give and take. Me too. <laughs> if you'd given me a little warning, I wouldn't have let you take me here. Quiet, dear. Now you two must be all hot and sticky from your drive up here. I hope you both have a bathing suit. For Mr. Conklin's sake, I hope we each have a bathing suit. <laughs> but uh, I'll just show you where to take Just follow me and we'll all get ready for a nice dip. I don't want to go for a dip. <laughs> now, dear, we must do the things our guests want to do. Why? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I'm afraid I don't have a suit with me. I forgot to pack it. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Boynton. I'll fix you up with one of Osgood's. Come along. You can nap a few more minutes, Osgood. I'll take the folks in tow. Yes, yes, do that. <laughs> it sounds like he'd like you to tow us about three miles and then sink us. <laughs> Now, you go right in here, Mr. Boynton. You'll find a bathing suit in the bottom drawer of that dresser. Oh, thanks, Mrs. Conklin. Now, here's the guest room. You and my daughter, Harriet, are going to share it for the weekend. Now, before I leave you, dear, I want you to know that I planned this weekend for your sake more than anybody's. When Mr. Boynton sees how happy we are, I'm sure he'll start thinking of marriage as the jolly institution it is. Well, what do you say? Are you game? Looks like Mr. Boynton's the game, but it's worth a try. <laughs> you know, I really do like the guy, Mrs. Conklin. I know you do, my dear. Now, one more thing. In addition to our example, I think you should show your domesticity as well. So tonight, I want you to cook the dinner. Me? Definitely. What dish do you prepare best? Soup. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what kind? Campbell's. <laughs> cook something yourself. It would make a much better impression on Mr. Boynton. I know. You can barbecue some spare ribs for dinner. Now, get into your suit and I'll see you on the porch. <laughs> Isn't this fun? I, I just feel like it's a, a regular fox hunt. Tally-ho! Tally-ho to you, Mrs. Conklin. And I hope we don't all make a bunch of yoikes out of ourselves. <laughs> Stop rocking the hammock, Martha. I'm getting seasick. Now, remember, Osgood, we've got to make a good impression for Miss Brooks' sake. I don't like it, Martha. I never did believe in this matchmaking business. Besides, I thought we'd be here alone, at least part of the time. Confounded, all this mountain air going to waste. <laughs> it won't go to waste, dear. There's always tonight. Yes. Come here, baby. <laughs> Remember what I used to call you when we were first married? <laughs> yes, yes. Call me it again, Martha. All right. <laughs> Sugar cookie. <laughs> Am I really your sugar cookie still? 
Well, your icing's a little whiter. <laughs> but you're still a sugar cookie to Mrs. Conklin, I'm sure. Miss Brooks, where did you... Hello, Miss Brooks. My, what a lovely one-piece bathing suit. Hello there. Everybody all ready? Oh, it's Mr. Fox. Uh, Mr. Fox. <laughs> well, Mr. Conklin's suit fits you perfectly, Mr. Boynton. Don't you think so, Miss Brooks? Yes, it's very nice. But aren't the sleeves a little wide at the wrist? <laughs> that is one of my older ones, I believe. <laughs> That's quite a suit you have on, Miss Brooks. She made it herself, didn't you, dear? Yes, out of an old stocking and some pen wipers. <laughs> it's certainly revealing. I, I never knew you had a beauty mark there, Miss Brooks. Where? Right below your elbow there. Mr. Boynton, you're staring. Isn't he a naughty Dickens? He's about as naughty as Charles Dickens. <laughs> Let's go down to the lake, shall we, Mr. Boynton? I'll race you to the raft. You're on. Let's go. Here we are. I'll help you up, Miss Brooks. Oh, thank you, Mr. Boynton. Oh. Welcome aboard, folks. Oh, hello, Mr. Conklin. We didn't know you were out here. All right, my dear. Uh, let's, let's go take a, a boat ride, Miss Brooks. Nonsense. Why should you leave the raft? Why shouldn't they? <laughs> Mr. Boynton. Yes? Last one in is a sugar cookie. Well, how do you like driving a motorboat, Miss Brooks? Oh, it's a lot of fun, Mr. Boynton, but I gla I'm glad nobody's fishing on this lake. This outboard motor's kind of noisy. Oh, I don't think it's so bad. Not so bad. If I was a fish and I heard this thing over my head, I'd go hide in a tree. Uh, I think you'd better turn around now. We're pretty far from the pier. All right. Say, that's funny. This steering wheel seems to be stuck. Oh? Here, let me give you a hand. Isn't that a rowboat in that little cove we're heading for? A rowboat? Yes, it is. I'd better cut the motor off. We're heading right for them. Oh. Yeah, the ignition lever is stuck. Oh, you've got to do something, Mr. Boynton. We're getting pretty close to that rowboat. Look out! Get out of the way! Quick, Miss Brooks. Lie on the bottom of the boat. I can't stop it. Oh! What happened? Did we hit them? No, thank heaven. We, we just missed them. It, it's all right now. I've got everything under control. Oh, well, the least we can do is go back and apologize for scaring them like this. Oh, you're right, Miss Brooks. Here, I'll turn around. We're terribly sorry, folks. Oh, that's all right, Miss Brooks. <laughs> we didn't really want to catch any fish here. <laughs> it's the conference. Don't worry about the fish, Mr. Conklin. I'm going to barbecue us all some dinner. Are you really, Miss Brooks? What are you going to barbecue? Me. <laughs> I love eating out in the open air. I'm sure the spare ribs Miss Brooks barbecues will be delicious. Don't you think so, Osgood? I think I should have made them my barbecue. <laughs> them so much more because Miss Brooks did it. Won't you, Mr. Boynton? Well, yes, Harriet, I suppose Here I... they are, folks. I hope they turned out all right. Oh, I'll bet they're delicious. Might as well taste it. <coughs> what is this, anyway? No good. Tastes like charcoal. 
Did you do what I told you, dear? Barbecue the ribs slowly with a nice, smooth, glowing bed of coals? Certainly I had a lovely bed of glowing coals, right over the ribs. (laughs) I don't think I'm very hungry. This mountain air sure fills you up. Maybe you ought to stop breathing a while. You don't want to make a pig of yourself. I'm going into the house and cook myself an egg. Oh, wait, dear. I'll fix you something. You can't cook any better than she can. <laughs> Daddy! Well, this is your anniversary dinner. Yes, dear. Let's be cheerful. Oh, how we danced on the night we were wed. Anniversary, my foot. I'm going inside. And we danced, but she wouldn't drop dead. There, dear. Wasn't that a nice snack? And just the two of us alone in the kitchen. Well, it was better than those barbecued rocks. <laughs> Martha, if that poor Mr. Boynton falls for Miss Brooks, now, I think... Now, dear, we agreed to forget all about it. Let's go out and sit in the hammock together. The mountain air's still with us, you know. And it's quite dark on the porch. All right, Martha. What's it? What's it? Who's that in the hammock? It's us, Daddy. Us? Harriet and me, Mr. Conklin. (laughs) Happy anniversary! He got here while you were inside. I invited him yesterday to surprise you. This is the last straw. Now, calm down, Osgood. Remember your blood pressure. It gives him kind of a purpley look, doesn't it? (laughs) You've got to be calm. Let's go for a little stroll, Martha. Maybe we'll run into Mr. Boynton and Miss Brooks somewhere. I doubt it, Mr. Conklin. We're at the other end of the hammock. Oh! (laughs) I'll be all right. I'll be fine. Come, Martha. Let's go into our bedroom and go to sleep. Maybe when I wake up in the morning, this will all be a bad... Oh, we can't go into our bedroom together, Osgood. Now that Walter's here, Harriet and Miss Brooks and I will have to share our room. And you and Walter and Mr. Boynton will have to sleep in the guest room. What? (laughs) Now this has gone far enough. I'm going to tell you people something. Uh, Before you do, Mr. Conklin, I'd like to ask you a question. What is it? my chances of being appointed head of the English department. You don't have to answer now. You can think it over and tell me right after I've blown my brains out. (laughs) Well, Mrs. Conklin finally got Mr. Conklin back to a fairly neutral shade of purple. And acting on her suggestion, I steered Mr. Boynton down to the pier for a little moonlight fishing. Oh, it's wonderful fishing at night, isn't it, Mr. Boynton? Look at that moon. Yes, some fish bite much more frequently when the moon's out. Let's see, the last time I went fishing at night, I was alone. Except for McDougal, of course, my pet frog. Oh, we've had some great times together. Yes, I know you have, but now it's my turn. That is, if you don't mind, Mr. Boynton. Mind? Come here, baby. (laughs) Why, Mr. Boynton... Look at the size of this baby I just landed. This trout must be about four pounds. Oh, gosh, Miss Brooks, this is my third fish. You haven't caught a thing tonight, have you? You ain't just beating your gills, frog boy. Next 
week. Tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Carmelic Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, and Vivi Janice. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting And that's Our Miss Brooks from August 21st, 1949, with the anniversary at Crystal Lake starring Eve Arden. That was sponsored by Palm Olive Soap and Luster Cream Shampoo, Lisa's two favorite products, other than Roma Wines. Well, it makes my hair very shiny, don't you think? Yeah, it does. It looks great, Lisa. That show was heard on CBS. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's suspense. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five cds every show will be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show log on to classicradioclub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five cds for only 4.99 that's classicradioclub.com or call toll free 888-642-6556 that's 888-642-6556 now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. Don't forget, we have a podcast at Hollywood360radio.com. The full four-hour show is always there for you to listen to at your convenience at Hollywood360radio.com. Don't forget to join the Classic Radio Club or at least learn all about it at our website, ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, it's time now for a terrific episode of Suspense. This is called Rave Notice, and it stars Milton Berle in a dramatic role. Let's go back to October 12, 1950, for Suspense. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Suspense. Tonight, Autolite brings you Rave Notice, a suspense play starring Mr. Milton Berle. Ring out, you hymn of hate. Ring out. Send word that all who listen... No, 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 no. Now what? You're supposed to be an actor, not a foghorn. Yes, sir. By what standards do you consider yourself to be an actor? (laughs) You're persecuting me. I persecute nobody. If a man cannot play a role, he's replaced. Replaced? There goes that persecution talk again. Replace me and I'll kill you. Witnesses, he's threatening me. Then don't talk of replacement. I'm not kidding, Norman. 
Replace me and I'll kill you. Look, when I'm walking across Times Square like this, I'm just an ordinary man. Plain, unnoticeable. I watch the crowd, you wouldn't even notice me. It's as though I were invisible. Yeah, like that. Invisible. But wait, come here. Come with me through this door, through here and into the darkness. Now. I breathe deeply of the thick, dark air and I become taller. My eyes drink in the gloomy shadows, become lustrous, bird-like, noble. Here in this temple of the passions, I throw off my cloak of invisibility and I reveal myself, my true self. For this is the theater and I... I am an actor. Down there beyond the empty seats lit by the single bare bulb are my fellow actors. And we're all here to make a play. Friend Norman, seated alone in the third row, is our director. This is the fifth day of the rehearsal. Still rather rough, stiffish and so forth, but it's not a bad little play. And you know Norman. Norman will manage somehow to spoil it. Norman will misdirect actors and lose values, and I've known Norman for years, from the group theater. We were in the group together. Oh, no, 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 no. But, Norman, why not? Because I'm the director and I say no, no. Very well. Try again. I wish somebody would tell me what it's all about. Life, I mean. I wish somebody would give me the word. Adequate. Thank you. Uh, Norman. Oh, Oh, hello there. How are we coming? I, uh, come over here. I, I want to talk to you. Sure, Norman. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> what is it? This is, uh, well, believe me, Sam, the most difficult thing I've ever had to say. <laughs> Speak out, Norman. You know me. Well, I, I've had to turn over the bell ringer to Luther. The, the bell ringer? Well, what do you mean? Norman, that's my part, the bell ringer. What do you mean, to Luther? Don't make it difficult for me, Sam. Difficult? I'm not making it difficult. Not at all. The bell ringer roll is mine, Norman. That's all. There's no difficulty involved. Please. You joke. No. It's not as if I hadn't warned. Well, tell me what's wrong. Tell me where I've stepped off. What irritates you? What doesn't fit? And I'll fix it. I'll fix it. That's my role, Norman. I carry the whole cast with that role. Don't shout, Sam. You're making a fool of yourself. A fool? <laughs> Norman... Why are you doing this to me? Because you're not right for it. Not right? Yes. Wait. You fat pig. What do you know? Now, easy. What do you know? What do you know about acting? Easy there. Easy, I say. Easy. Fat. Fat belly. Fat head. Fat face. That's enough. You know nothing. I know you. I know actors. You're no actor. You stink. I'll kill you for saying that. I'll kill you. Witnesses! He's threatening me again. Yes, listen, good Norman. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you see, you can't even deliver that line. You stink. That's the first portion of Suspense. More after these words. Do you 
you love classic radio shows? Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Every show will be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I want to remind everyone listening about our classic radio club. Folks, join our classic radio club or at least go to the website and learn all about it. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. We have set up a club for our listeners. It's for our radio listeners. And you can join the club, get CDs of classic radio shows, the best of the best from my library, sent to you every single month. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. I know you will love being a member. We have hundreds and hundreds of members that have signed up, and you can be a member, too. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Now, let's get back to Milton Burl, starring in Suspense. Yes, sir. I want to buy a gun. Yes, sir. What sort of a gun did you wish to buy? One that will shoot through fat. Sir? Pardon me. I'm sorry. I was thinking. What have you got? Why, pistols, rifles, shotguns? Mm, Well, I I don't know exactly. What was it you wished to use the gun for? I want to kill a rat. Hmm. A twenty-two would be about your best bet. Here's a nice little item. Looks pretty small. This is an awfully big rat. Fat rat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think a shotgun. A 410. Yeah. yeah. You you think that'll do it? Oh, mister, that gun will. I guarantee. I, I use a gun like that myself. Single barrel, light, handy, truly beautiful weapon. Bullets. You got bullets? Well, shells. Shells are used in this weapon. Now, there are all kinds, depending on what weight shot you want to use. You choose it. I want one. One box? No. One bullet. One? Yeah. This rat, I'm not gonna miss. It's time now. He'll come out of that far door of the entrance and he'll walk this way because he's going to go into Sardi's for a drink. I slide it out from under my coat and I smile and I say, Goodbye, Norman. And I pull the trigger. Heart or belly? Heart or belly? Belly, yes, in the belly. His cultivated paunch, fatted with actors' hearts. Yes, belly. Am I invisible now? I mustn't be noticed until the moment. Perhaps standing a little too tall. Sag. That's it. Perfect. The actor plays himself as a non-actor. Oh, 
You should see this, Norman. Now. Goodbye, Norman. Sam, don't! I'm shot. I'm shot. No, Norman, you're dying. You're going to go to hell in a minute, Norman. I'm shot. Somebody call an ambulance. Won't do you any good, Norman. You're dying. You'll be dead before it gets you. Oh, it hurts. (laughs) Is this how you play your death scene? Norman, you're dying. Play it. Please, somebody call an ambulance for me. Don't let me lie here. Oh. oh, if an actor played a death scene for you as badly as you're playing your own, Norman, do you know what you'd do? Ambulance! Help, please! Ambulance! With a shotgun, he did it. Right in the middle of 45th Street. Oh. They brought him in an hour ago. Give you any trouble? Like a lamb. Hello? Oh, I thought you'd like to know. That guy, he's still kicking. Alive? He's alive? Yep. So you're not a murderer. Not yet. Mm. I brought your lawyer. What's that? I'm your lawyer. How do you do? Sit down, won't you? Thank you. They say he's still not dead. No, but he's sinking. How much longer? They didn't say. When he dies, I become a murderer. Yes. They'll electrocute me. Yes? <sighs> must have been crazy. I thought of that. What do you mean? Temporary insanity. I thought we might plead that. Oh, well, why don't we? Because you threatened him before witnesses at least twice. Went to a store, chose a gun with great care, waited for him to appear. You did all this, and then you shot him. That's right, I did. That's premeditated murder, first-degree murder. So the temporary insanity thing is out? Way out. The only other thing I can think of is uh, we could prove you were insane all along. Me? Insane? But of course not. I should say not. (laughs) What? What would happen, I mean, if I were? Oh, they'd get the psychiatrists in, examine you, send you off to be cured. Yeah... You seem very calm. <laughs> I'm an actor. He's gone and I sit here seeming very calm. From time to time the guard passes, looks at me curiously. I know what's on his mind. He's saying this, it's a cold-blooded murderer. I know. All my life I've studied the human beings, memorized their gestures, tones, expressions, inflections, emotions... I've learned to probe every moment of my own experience from early childhood. Searched out my every reaction, emotion, learned to feel the parallel emotions of others. The Stanislavski method of acting. I have it. Know it. Of course, if we could prove you were insane all along. But I'm not. The insane man moves without motive, and I had a motive. I know you. I know actors. You're no actor. I could do it again. No actor. No actor. No actor. I could do it again. Insane. Crazy. Nuts. (laughs) I know a joke. I know a joke. A wonderful joke. I'm going to beat Norman even in his grave. I'm going to have myself exonerated of his murder. Yes, freed of the charges. It's so simple. I can hear it. Not guilty by reason of insanity. I'm going to play the greatest role of my life. Play it without makeup, without lights, without script or cue. 
I'm going to play a part strangely foreign to my nature. I'm going to play a homicidal maniac. I'm going to play a homicidal maniac. How? How? What is the most terrible thing I ever did? The thing closest to murder. I must recreate that move. Murder. Killing. Blood. I killed a cat once. Yeah, yeah. I was six years old. I, I didn't mean to kill it, but I had this stick. It was in an alley, this cat, and I poked it just for laughs. He didn't run. That's all I wanted to do was just to make him run. Oh, he scratched me, and I hit him. I hit him across the back with a stick, and he started this howling and squalling, and oh, I thought, oh, I thought I'm going to get into trouble. Stop that noise. Stop that noise. I hit him again to make him stop, and again to make him stop, and again, and, and there was blood. Red blood on the gray cement, and struck and struck and struck out the screams. Struck out the light, struck out the awful gaze of those great yellow eyes. Struck out the life, struck out the spirit and the spark. I kill. A murderer I am. I kill for the thrill of silence of the cat. I am a murderer. A murderer I am. I kill without reason. That's it. That's it. That's the character. All I need for turning it on is the memory. Those key points. Gray cement, cat's eyes, my feelings as a six-year-old. Oh, there will be refinements. I'll refine it. Oh, Norman, if you were only here to see the scene. <laughs> if you were only here. Dim the house lights. Raise the curtain. Now to get my audience in. <laughs> What's that? Sounds like the shotgun guy. He's laughing. We better go see what's up. Hey. Hey. Hey, you. Who? Who may I ask? Are you? What? Why, why, why? Oh, come on now, Mac. Calm down. I man. asked a civil question and I expect a civil answer. Why, why, why? He was so nice and quiet for a while there. Yeah. Hey. Just answer my question. That's all I ask, and that's not much reward for a hero to be asking now, is it? Don't you know who we are? I think he's putting on an act. Hey, don't turn your head away. We know you hear us. Nuts. Leave him be. You think he's kidding? What does it matter? You can do better than that, Sam. You're supposed to be a murderer. A homicidal maniac. So what's the emotion? Guilt. Guilt. You've got to be guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Smear yourself with the stuff. Guilty. Bloody hands. That's you. Guilty and you want to be punished. Yeah, punished. Punish yourself. That'll do it. But a little hurt, so what? So what? Not like it hurts when, when they shave your head and slit your trousers and strap you to your seat. Oh, that seat. Ten thousand volts coursing through this poor player's frail body with which I am cursed. Murderer. Guilty. Guilty. Should be punished. Should be punished. One, two, three. Curtain going up. Guilty. Guilty. 
His brother there he goes again. You go. Ah, what a I job. I smashed him on the grace smashed him. Murder, murder. I murdered him. I am a murderer. I'm a murderer and I confess it. I confess I'm a murderer. Hey, hey. I want to confess it. You don't have to do that. To confess to purge myself of this guilt. But you did all that when you first come in here. I am a murderer. I am guilty here. I smashed him. I smashed him. Why are you getting yourself so worked up about? That guy isn't even dead yet. Not dead. He is dead. He's been dead these past 36 years. 36 years. Oh, oh, if you won't punish me, I... Oh. Hey, Hey, what are you doing? Hey. I am guilty. I'm guilty, and I shall be smashed as he was smashed. Your hands, you're going to bust your hand in that wall, lad. I shall be smashed, it is written. You know the writing in the blood that lies across the counterpane in the bed under the pillow when little boys are supposed to be far away in slumberland. Schultz! Get the doctor! Good, good, he's getting the doctor. My hand, my hand is killing me. Some... It seems that something broke, then I... I don't mind the bloody scraped knuckles or even breaking the nails, but not the bones... I want to be sure I can use this darn thing when I get out of here. When? If I ever get out of here. Two cats dead, murdered by my stick. Four cats dead, murdered by my stick. Six cats dead. Here, Doc. I'll open the cell if you want to go. Of course I do. How long has he been doing this? Well, about 15 minutes, Doctor, since just before he sent Schultz after you. I see. All right, now. You can stop that. I don't stop. I don't stop. I, I don't look. I keep right at it. I keep in the pot. Murder. Guilty. It hurts, but I keep at it. If I keep at it, I'm paying a price. I am paying my way out of being electrocuted. I'm going to be freed. I can only keep it up. Now stop keep it. it up. That's you are doing I'm yourself still... real good this keep way, man. Now cut it out. All right, grab it. All right, keep it. Come on. Leave me. Leave me alone. I want to pay. I am the guilty one, and I want to pay the sentence to the court. Hold him in. Come on. Now. Let me go. Let me go. I must pay. I must pay. Now steady. Steady, man. Diamond needle. Oh, he's pressing the syringe. It'll knock me out. I can't act. I'm unconscious. I can't play the part. I'm guilty. I can't. So quiet here. So white. Such sweet stillness and peace. Gone the darkness of the steel and concrete and the cell, this white ceiling. Well, they're watching me very carefully. The taller one, he's new. The other gave me the hypodermic, yes. Hypodermic. How long have I been out? Did I say anything while I was out? Perhaps if I keep still, they'll let me know. I must have been wrong. Are you awake? You say he showed definite suicidal tendencies? Suicidal immediate or simply self-destructive. While he was unconscious, I listened to him. He spoke. He seemed under the delusion that he is invisible. Invisible? That's a new one. Now, wait a minute, look. He's opening his eyes. Hello. Awake? <laughs> Who are you? You remember me, don't you? You? No. And I gave you something to quiet you a little while ago. A little while ago? Yes. You're trying to injure yourself so we'd think you're insane. You've decided to give that up, haven't you? If you only let me go, let me out of here. 
I have to carry out sentence, you know. Well, how will you carry out sentence? Be smashed. I am to be smashed as I have smashed the cat. Is that the law? An eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. You believe in that? If you believe in the eye for eye law, don't you feel it's right that you received the same thing you gave your victim? Yes, I smashed him with a stick and the eyes that stared at me. Stick? You mean shotgun, don't you? Why would I say shotgun if I meant stick? I, I said stick. But you shot the man with a shotgun. You're out of your mind. After you smashed him with a stick, what happened? What? What? What came after he was dead? Oh, I, 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 was, I was frightened. I went home. Mama was there. She said, how did you get blood on your hands? And I said, a dog licked my hand and he had blood on his teeth. Understand you're an actor. We are all actors. We try to act innocent when we are guilty. Hmm. Uh, doctor, come outside a moment, will you? <laughs> I've got them. I've got them. Just keep playing it cold and clear. What are they talking about out there? Oh, I wish I knew. Doesn't matter. I have them. I know that. I've got them. I've got them. Well, I guess you'll be leaving us soon. Uh, that's what I asked for. Thank you, thank you. You're understanding, Doctor. I am guilty and I must carry out sentence. You, you know that. Now what the doctor means is that you're going to a place where they'll help you to get well. Get well? <laughs> but, but I am well. I'm just guilty, that's all. Of course. If you have the affidavits drawn up, I'll sign. We'll get a court order committing him. Mm -hmm. Right. Seems you were right all along. You know, I wasn't sure until you told me uh, about the man who was shot. About his recovery. Oh, yes. The guards told this man he'd recovered, but uh, he didn't comprehend the cause. He went right on screaming and punishing him. So. See. Well, let's go. What would they have given him uh, were he sane? Well, that depends. The injured party refused to press charges. He'd be out of here in an hour. Free man. Recovered? He recovered. They didn't tell me he'd recovered. How could he have recovered? I shot him. I shot him in his fat paunch in his belly. When did they tell me? It was while I was screaming, maybe. I was really into the park then, deep in it. Couldn't have heard them. Couldn't have heard. And now, now he will walk out of here and I will go off to an insane asylum, married to a role that I loathe, that I hate. No. No. Doctor, come back here. Come back here. Please, it was all a joke. Doctor, come back. Come back. What is it? Listen, doctor, listen. I have a confession to make, doctor. I'm not insane. Please believe me. Please believe me. Of course you're not. That's right. Just a little confused, that's all. Yes, yeah. Why, not even confused, don't you see? It was all a gag. It was just a well, gag. Of course it was. Now you're going to a place where you can rest and everything's going to be all right. No, no, believe me. Believe me, I am sane. Why, shall? I'm not shouting. I only want to impress upon but you. You that... were shouting rather loudly. Oh, look. I shot, and my lawyer said if I could prove insanity, I, I wouldn't go to the chair. Chair? I thought you were to be, uh, you said, smashed. Forget that. That was part of the method. Method? You know, the Stanislavski method. It's a system of acting. What do you think, Doug? Mm, don't know. Man seems to be telling the truth. Think so? I can fool you all over again if you feel it's necessary to prove my point. No, I don't believe you'll be able to fool me again. Well, Doctor? Sane. I say sane. I say the man is in full control of his faculties, is aware of his crime, committed it out of what society calls sober motive. And you, sir, 
You agree with the doctor? It's what I've been telling you. And I say same. That makes it unanimous. Glad that's over. Wow. What a performance. Gentlemen, never in the history of the theater has such a performance been rendered, nor under such adverse conditions. Uh, Just one more question. Shoot, shoot. Why did you kill him? Kill him? But I I didn't. I, I shot him, that's all. Shot. You, you you mean shot, don't you? Well, don't you? No. He... Norman is dead? And you were saying you were going to repay society with your life. Norman is dead? Oh, treachery. Villainy. Ring down the curtain. Ring down the curtain. <laughs> Suspense, presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Milton Berle. Next week on Suspense, Miss Barbara Stanwyck as a woman who gambled and the stake was death in The Wages of Sin. And in weeks to come, you will hear such famous stars as Richard Widmark, Herbert Marshall, and William Holden, all appearing in tales well calculated to keep you in Suspense. Tonight's suspense play was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Bluskin. Parts of this program were transcribed. Rave Notice was written for suspense by James Pohl. Milton Berle appeared through the courtesy of Texaco. And remember next week on Suspense, Miss Barbara Stanwyck in The Wages of Sin. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Suspense with Rave Notice, starring Milton Berle, originally broadcast October 12, 1950, sponsored by Autolite, is heard on CBS. Let's take a break, then it's more of Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X-1. Suspense. Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, next week, it's Now Hear This. Fibber McGee and Molly, Arch Obler's Plays, Richard Diamond, Private Detective, The Jack Benny Program, and Academy Award Theater. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. <laughs>